Charlotte Soccer Show. John How great was that? Danny Brands. It's a it's a Sunday evening in the QC, Danny, and that was the scene last night at EPR. Uh, it's about time we had some uh, some some natural sound to lead us into the show. Yeah, baby. Uh, Greg Producing. Franco, what's going up? Uh, good evening to the fellow TFOs out there, tremendous friends of the show. Drop us your comments. Elevation Jones. Let us know how you're feeling on this Sunday evening, Danny. It's a uh, it's not a great uh, podcast tonight because there's a there's a lot to discuss. I, I know that you were pretty frustrated after that three to one loss uh, last night, uh, as of this taping on it's Sunday. Bit, yeah, uh, things looked good at halftime, uh, but but Danny co- coming out of the shoot, I, I think you're pretty fired up about Christian Latanzio. I want to get into that and get him out. And, <laughs> and, <Latanzio> out. <laughs> Let me, let's just say it. Uh, we need to, we need to ask about the elephant in the room. Wow, Ladin Fire calling me out, and that's something I've been thinking about. <laughs> wow, thank you, Ladin, for that comment because it was it was needed for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've every time I say that the opponent sucks, we we lose. It's really it's really bad, and that is the elephant in the room, and it needs to be addressed. And all I can say is I'm going to be better. I'm yeah. going to be better. I guess. How about I start talking shit on Charlotte FC and then we'll start winning. How about that? Because I'm, I'm ready to do that after last night's result for sure. So, sorry for my horrible, uh, my, it's why I'm not a gambler. It's why Johnny's the gambler and I'm the, I'm the, uh, just here for the ride. So what can I say? Well, even gamblers lose. And I, th- I think a lot of people would have expected last night, Charlotte FC at a, at a plus uh, 230 underdog status last night danny i think a lot of people looked mm-hmm. around the room and said hmm that feels wrong we, we even we talked to the the rsl uh media this week who told us mm-hmm. um they weren't playing well at all we we knew about the goal scoring record over the last two games for rsl eight goals uh conceded zero goals scored and they they beat charlotte fc 3-1 on saturday night so i to me the the pulse of the fan base um feels it feels not good right now um and we need to kind of uh, come to grips with how you're feeling first and foremost. Well, so here's how I'm feeling. You you alluded to it, and let's just get right into it. I mean, the the chant went around uh, Elizabeth part of the room. You know, you played that. We had the drums. It was like a TIFOs and Blue Furia combo, like awesome, fun party again. We've really been having a great time there. Probably the most packed that it's been for a match this year. There was with the three match on beaten streak, like Charlotte, it doesn't take much to like get Charlotte behind. Charlotte's just looking for a winner. Right. And, and Charlotte just wants to support a team that will do anything. And so like just even two draws in a row was enough to like get everyone out, even on a rainy night. We're having a good old time there. There's the music playing. Oh, they, oh, it was great. We had the drums rolling and everything. And then we're up one nil and just like crazy celebrations. Everything goes nuts. And like, that's the, what we live for as like supporters, as fans of this team, as whether, whatever level your support, whether you're a casual fan or a diehard, like when a goal on the road is scored on a beautiful shot by Karol Swiderski and you're amongst all these people like around you and these summer strangers, summer friends and like hugs are just being liberally applied to everyone. It's great. Right. And like the, we got that moment that we live for. Then all of a sudden we were just wiped out in a, in a seven minute stretch of the second half. We were wiped out. And the problem was we looked nervy the whole time. There was really no surprise uh, that we lost. Unfortunately, Utah uh, or Rail Salt Lake dominated the game uh, in terms of statistics. Their XG, I think, was two times what we had. I think it was like three and a half to one and a half or something like that. And they beat us 3-1, so there you go. 
they they and it was all in that one stretch is all in that seven minute stretch right so then like the last 20 minutes so then like the 67th minute 66th minute i think subs come in finally there should have been subs after the first goal and i definitely want to get your take on that in a minute john but uh finally latanzi like wakes up after we're totally shell-shocked and hit by three goals in a row back to back to back and he makes the subs but they're horrible subs everyone's complaining about the subs i echo all the complaints that we've seen for sure uh, they made no sense to take Swiderski off. He looked tired, according to Latanzio in the press game pr- press conference. I mean, whatever that means. But uh, uh, I mean, everyone, you know, whatever. But so the last twenty minutes, we're all just kind of bumming around. The party was still fun, but it kind of lost its luster. We we kind of resigned ourselves to that, like, oh, like nothing was happening. Like Latanzio, another thing he said, he said in the pre- post game, he said, you know, the team lacked energy. And I thought when I brought the substitutions in, those subs provided more energy. I completely disagree. I, I maybe I'd love to hear in the comments if people think that Latanzio is right there or if he's just making up like a dubious excuse because I thought the subs killed the vibe of the game and like pretty much took us out of any chance to like attack and keep going and like go get two more to equalize. The subs really just kind of like killed off the game and like the last 20 minutes was really boring. So then what do I do in this boring time? I'm start walking around EPR. You know, I'm a little tipsy or whatever. I just started getting the Latanzio out. He's got to go. Let, you know, and it's half joking, half serious. And then we get into all this discourse after the match, whether it's on Twitter or whether we're talking to friends or, whether, you know, before we left the bar and just like, what, where are we at right now? I don't know if it is truly Latanzio out. Like, I'm leaning that direction. I definitely want to hear your take. But I do want to put this, after that whole long ramble, let me just put this proposition to you and then turn the mic over for your thoughts. And some uh, viewer comments. We thank all the everyone who's in the yeah. Hub likes agrees with me. Game was over at seventy. You know, like that's uh, that's that, that's pretty much how I felt too. So, uh, but my whole proposition here is: if you don't think that if you think that the players are good enough to have better results, like or either it's one of two things in my mind, or maybe both. Either the players aren't good enough, or Latanzio is mismanaging a talented roster and needs needs to have a fire lit under his ass and possibly sacked. So it's one of those two things. Either the players aren't good enough or the coaching is bad. It could be that the players aren't good enough and the coaching is bad. That's a possibility. I don't want to I don't want to go that far because I'm like it's too pessimistic for me. I'm an optimistic guy. But finally, John, sorry to take all this the hog the first like 5 minutes of this live stream and this podcast, but is which one is it? Is the player are the players good enough or is it Latanzio out? <clears throat> Brandon checks in. Brandon Davis, the the team has checked out on Latanzio. Seems obvious. <laughs> yeah. How about Lad and Fire? This is a new commenter, by the way. Lad and Fire, thanks for coming in and you know calling me out right off the bat. That was a strong, aggressive move that I really appreciate. And and th- but now you agree with me, and I, I appreciate that as well. You know, disagree with Latanzio's excuse after the game, taking off attacking threats for defensive mid- midfielders down two is makes no sense, right, Johnny? No, I mean the 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 subs last week. This is what I kind of thought in the moment that they were mixed up. Last week we had the momentum, mm-hmm. and we made and we made the changes, and the changes stopped the momentum. Right, like that was that was the that was the feeling. This week we didn't have the momentum, and instead of giving players chances to get into the moment he took off a carol sadersky who scored the first goal didn't give him a chance to keep up that that good run of play Mm -hmm. in the second half 
And I think taking him off the pitch was a big decision. I think um, – Looks tired. Don't give me that crap. Come on. No. You said he was fit. You said he practiced all week. That yeah. you know, twenty four hours before. Do we have before. Do we have any players on our squad? And remember when we used to celebrate the full ninety? The full ninety, yeah, exactly. That used to be a that, back when we were a proper show, a proper country, a proper club. We used to celebrate the full ninety because it meant something, and now we just take it for granted. Oh my gosh, I don't know. It's Who goes the full ninety? Let's well, let's let's let's, let's, let's pop up Sofa Score. Let's let's uh, take it to Sofa Score like we always like to do, and. uh you tell me what you think. Yusviak subbed, Swiderski subbed, Vargas subbed, Bender subbed. So the full 90 was really only just the defensive core. Even Lindsay subbed, which I thought that was a pretty decent sub. Lindsay had a bad game, I think, unfortunately for him. But, but all the fullbacks are, are struggling with bad games. You look at what uh, Keegan McDowell says, of, of a great, tremendous friend of the show, says oh, he went all caps on it. Stop inverting the fullbacks <laughs> and isolating our CBs. And it's exactly – so yeah. like you and I had this discussion earlier, right? Like – our center backs are always out of position and we're like, are they bad players? Is Bill Tuiloma truly a bad player or, you know, is Addy Milanda like a fake prospect or are these guys just getting pulled out of position every time? Because Salt Lake made the, the, the great thing more so than any opponent we faced this year. Although all the opponents have done this, we, when Lindsay and Affle get up towards midfield, they drift into the circle, right? You're looking at the screen there, a, a, a Matt a diagram of the field. They drift into the circle and Vargas and Yusviak are kind of back, but they're not going back to the the full defensive third. They're still hanging out at sort of like the 33% uh, of the way down the field, Mark. So there's just acres and acres of space behind <laughs> Apple and Lindsay once they've cut into the Absolutely. center. And Savarino and Gomez just ran into that space all night, all night long, without even any impunity whatsoever. And it was it was sickening to watch, and there was no coaching adjustment made. Uh, Latancio basically is committed to his tactics more so than he is wanting to do what it takes to win, right? Is that the discussion? It, it, it feels that way. And I think we need to ask ourselves uh, tactically, um, is, is this the best way to put the 11 out there? Right. And Are you so married to the system that you will punish and penalize your players for not being the type of players that fit into the system. It doesn't make any sense. That that's why when some of these commenters are saying, oh, people are checked out on Latanzio, there had to be a check-in to check out. I think the team was checked in uh, for a little bit. But when you continue to play guys out of position and then force them into weird positions that they're not used to playing and didn't come up playing and like only a few like elite managers of elite, elite clubs play this system, which we are just not. You know, it's time to like face the fact. That's the other question I asked around EPR all last night was, are we bad? Are we a bad, are we, I guess, are we actually a bad team? And uh, the question has to be asked now. We're down there with the bad teams. We're 20% of the way into the season already. So I, I don't know. We've got an idea this evening. Uh, shout out to, to Lenny C, by the way. Uh, thanks for the comment on the show tonight. And isn't there like a, um, uh, sweepstakes tonight, by the way, about yes. Comments? Oh, we do. Yeah, we have a giveaway. We should mention the giveaway, right? Thank you for bringing that up because I might have forgotten it. But uh, anyone who comment on the video, we got uh, courtesy of Michael Volak and Jenny Swatling, two, two tremendous friends of the show, season ticket holders who aren't going to be able to make the game against Colorado Saturday. They said, uh, come on, uh, they want to just give their tickets away rather than trying to resell them on the market. Who knows? Maybe they don't sell for them that much these days on the secondary market. Who knows? But uh, they're giving them away. We're they want to give them away through the show since they they appreciate our efforts and we appreciate them. They had a great time hanging out at EPR. Uh, awesome pictures, photos taken by Jorge Torres. By the way, shout out to him. Uh, 
So what we're going to do is randomly. We're just gonna, you know, leave a comment on this video once it posts. We'll we'll tweet out the the rules also, I guess, and uh, we'll just randomly draw it before our Thursday episode. So we'll give the tickets away on Thursday's show. So if anybody still wants to go, I don't know. Like we, that's another thing we were saying last night, which was, man, thank God it's not a home game because it was miserable, rainy, cold, windy, all in Charlotte last night. Turned made for a beautiful Sunday, but Saturday was absolutely miserable. And we're like, thank God we can like be in EPR and like watch the game all huddled up in a big group uh, giving each other some warmth because uh, uh, I would not have wanted to be in Bank of America that night at, last night at all. Oh, man, the sound was amazing there. This is what it sounded like. All night at EPR, it was uh, an absolutely great experience. The Fury, they're good people to party with. We knew this from the beginning, yeah. and it's, it's true. Shout out, Bridget McCall says Carol did look tired, so – She's Laddie Daddy's number one fan, so that she ha- we have to admit Bridget's bias in this situation. But she will at least put. We we appreciate pushback. We, we're not always, you know, we're not so married to our opinions and our takes that uh, that uh, we oh, can't yeah. be pushed back on. So we appreciate I, that. I, I've got an idea. I've got an idea, Danny. Hit me. Um, and it it'll fix all of our woes. You already showed the uh, the RSL. 11 right you showed the formation that they played and i thought it was pretty mm-hmm. pretty impressive um well, this look is at it again yeah look at it here it's like a, a clearly Ooh, wow a, that's that's a formation that seems to look uh like something we've been talking about it's a nice one isn't it it's very yeah. it's very compact you know you're able to protect your own space and you don't have to worry about any um expansive movement from players that uh can't come in and out of position and you know, you know someone that we know pretty well actually uh, made this same um, recommendation. It's Roy Kent. It's Roy Kent. This same recommendation here. Um, so for me, Danny, I just you know I've got to I've got to say that I I I think that we should go the four four two. Why aren't we Why aren't we playing four four two? So I think I know who you're referring to, Johnny, and I think it's the. Uh friend of the show Roy Kent uh, across the pond from of Ted Lasso fame who uh told us uh at the beginning of this season's uh new premiere he said hey Ted you don't have the players to compete with like the top clubs in the league you need to just play the 442 the classic 442 and uh and go with it go with it and and that will best use that's the best system to use for the players that you've got do you think we're at that point with CL or what <laughs> It's like it's the perfect uh, recommendation here for for Charlotte FC moving forward. It's look at him; he's pointing right at it. It's like the it's the four four two. Look at it there. <laughs> look at it there. It's the four four two. It's all I could think of last night as I was watch watching these Real Salt Lake attackers just like run into wide open spaces, like they just book it for the corners. And I'm just like, I'm just like, can we just play a real soccer system that it like doesn't like. The the system that Latanzi was trying to play with Affle and Lindsay, who admit I love I love our guys. I definitely like I'm a Charlotte soccer fan. I think I support the team through thick and thin. I'm going to be there, uh, even if we if we lose three more games in a row, I'm still going to be there. I'll still be doing this show and talking trash. But like Affle and Lindsay are not uh, Jao Cancelo and Philip Lahm and uh, you know uh, uh, Alexander Zinchenko and these like world class like. World Cup stars, EPL stars that are playing this system, and it's just—it's just absolutely insane. It's, and so I don't know if it's Latanzio out, but it's time to have a long talk with Latanzio because I do—I actually don't think he's lost the locker room. I think like the players still 
respect him. And his players still remember that magic that he sort of captured in the second half of last season when we went on our best run that we had. But, like, someone's got to sit this guy down and be like, dude, like, quit trying to jam the square peg in the round hole. It's just not working for anybody involved, and you're sacrificing results in order to prove a point that no one cares about. Do you think is it because he comes from Italian football? Is it is it is this an Italian football problem that they're trying to put the the Serie A blueprint on onto our uh, beloved Charlotte FC? Because if that's the case, I really don't want that to be the case. But no, it, it's not that it's the Serie A uh, blueprint, but I think it's expansive football. It's very yeah. complicated. It's it's something that you need to take time and energy that is built around specifically the the back line, right? To where, you know, if your back back line is secure, you're you're able to do many many different things from a tactical point of view. When your back line consists of Bill Tuiloma and Adielson Milanda, who by the way I like, I, I I enjoy him, but he's very young, he's very inexperienced, and this is really his first big time moment um, on a pitch at a professional level. He crushed and, it. I mean, he's seven point three rating, tons of duels won, and stuff. Yeah, like that. he's he's very good. He's very good. He was the wrong last night. But 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 Bill Tuiloma is somebody that um, was a Portland second choice player. That's why uh, he was able to be picked up by Charlotte uh, this past off season when Charlotte was desperate for players there because mm-hmm. um, this is a position that is is very down at the bottom of the barrel. It's a position that. Um, is is very weak it's a position that christian fuchs uh was signed to play for charlotte fc he played one season not many matches at that position and then now all of a sudden he's on the bench and he doesn't play any minutes so therefore those positions we miss fuchs um those minutes i should say have to be filled and there's somebody like a christian mccoon who goes up to new england the wild um, man yeah another young player Talk about um, the player. No, I think no player in our club history ever made fans as nervous as Christian McCoon on the ball trying to trying to play it out of the back. Right. That was always a sight to see. Right. Uh, so. I, I don't know. Um, I do think things will be a little bit better with Carujo. I do think Milanda's good. I think Tuiloma. We, you know, you referenced uh, that he was a Portland backup player. He's kind of he was kind of like a third choice. Was, it was a three man rotation for two spots, and they rotated it around a lot. He did play a lot of minutes, and he got some starts last year. They had like big injuries to the other two guys, Larry, Larry Maviala and uh, Dario Zuparic, I think are their names. So Tuiloma did have more playing time in 2022 than 2021 when he didn't play quite as much. He's he would he's a guy that would and he would also sort of play defensive mid or right back instead of center back. So not all his minutes in Portland were at center back either. So uh, I I don't know. It's he hasn't really gelled with the new team. That's all I can say. It's a desperation signing, and I still don't know why you spend the entire preseason teaching Jarek Jones to play center back, and then you just pull the plug on the project right when the season starts and go make this sort you know, what I would call a desperation signing that has not worked out so far, so far. Well, there's nobody else there Long to play the position. What, where's Sobo cop? Where's, Sobo cop where's I don't know. He might've picked up a knock because he uh, was uh, not available. He was not on the bench for crown legacy. He didn't start or on the bench for crown legacy tonight, which shout out crown legacy three, one win over New Jersey Red Bulls two. They fell behind one nil and clawed back. Adam well, Arner, hey Danny, as as you mentioned that, two assists. Um, I, I wanted to uh, I wanted to show the game winner uh, for the, show it for people. We're here, tonight. might as well. We're... Armor close down and then gets it right back off 
the feed from Carmona. Great ball in, it's 2-1, just like that. Adam Armour's done it again, and so is Yuri Tavares. Two goals in four minutes for Crown Legacy. I mean, uh, of course, he's doing work, right? Yep. Like, of course, he's doing work at Crown yeah. Legacy. And people are talking about Armour, and Latanzio mentioned him as he sees him as more of a left wing attacking type player than a left back. He said that in the preseason, and I kind of agree with that. You saw, but that's some really tough defensive work. Can you show that again? Can you just play that again? Because I would like watch watch how like in a crowd here, Armour fights off. This is a guy who was like still learning how to like trust his body after a big injury. And a lot of times that's more mental than physical even. And just watch the mentality on this play. Show it again, Johnny, please. Armour. Closed down. And then gets it right back off the feet from Carmona. Great ball in, it's 2-1, just like that. Adam Armour's done it again. And so is Yuri Tavares. Two goals in four minutes for Crown Legacy. Just like that. Just like that, baby. He's, <laughs> I mean, see, he, so he loses possession, fights his way back, gets the interception on the attempted like clearance play, and then spins his way through two defenders for a pinpoint cross in traffic. I loved it. I, I think I think the kid has potential. You, he's always been one of your guys from the very beginning. Like you, really identified with him. I, uh, he just said, was it because he reminded of you? Have you played as a player? I, I'm not sure why you just like loved armor from the beginning, but you've always been a big armor guy. No, it was just a, um, it was a scouting uh, point of view. Gotcha. Right. It was, it was like a, um, this, this kid has um, a little bit of extra compared to some other people around him. And um, on the wing, I think if Lats thinks Adam armor is more of an attacking back, maybe they need to go to, into a three back role, which I think Keegan McDonald, who who chimes in on, on the YouTube page, which by the way, you're that means you're officially entered into the Volax sweepstakes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tickets are up. Yeah, just comment on the video and uh, you, or chat in the chat and you will you will be in the in the drawing for sure. Uh, but you know Adam even Latin Fire who called me out. But yeah. No, he, I, 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 he's somebody that's uh he's he's really impressive. How about this question from Latin Fire? Do we have a designated set piece coach? If we do, needs to be fired now. We are not creating going forward, and we can't keep wasting corners and free kicks. Yeah, I mean, we've had Westwood take uh, corners. We've had Vargas take corners. Santos take corners. Uh, Swiderski uh, was taking corners last night. I think even Yushviak has taken a corner. Uh, so, I don't know. Some teams can be okay with multiple set-piece takers like that. Uh, other teams might thrive. This might be a case where consistency might be a little bit better. I, I think when Westwood is healthy, he'll just take everything. But because of his injuries, we've had like a, a motley crew of, uh, of potluck set piece takers for sure. Dude, we're getting some great comments. And I like this from uh, Michael Volak, who chimes in and says, great to see Cambridge get minutes, but that was not the time for it. Goes back to the questionable subs. The fact that Cambridge got minutes in this match to me, especially uh, down three to one, is, sh is shocking. Yeah. Well, let's take a look at let's look at the subs while we're here, since we're yeah. since we're on that, and just like we always like to break down the sub pattern we can, especially because it's so mind boggling and confusing. Uh, so just look. First half, we go in one 0 Great goal by Swiderski. And we're all thinking to ourselves, we're all happy. I think it, the mood was nice. Everyone was in like a really good mood, but there was a nerviness to, to the proceedings and everyone was kind of like, 
uh, Marks was making some big saves. We knew we knew that like Salt Lake were getting their chances, right? So second half starts, Yusviak with the yellow card, and all of a sudden things they started like really pouring it on, and like uh, Salt Lake was just like coming in waves and waves at that point. Ruiz scores on a really nice goal. Jay, uh, you know they they crossed it. It was a spot where a wide open cross from out in the wing went into the box. It was dangerous. Jalen Lindsay kind of did what the best he could with it was just try to skid kick it out of the box and unfortunately went right to Ruiz who was at about 20 yards out and just banged one in underneath the side of the bar unstoppable nothing marks could do there after he'd made some really nice first half saves and then that just like lit Utah up and then they were they were like ready to go and they just like uh, they they sensed something you know Ruiz got the yellow for taking his shirt off to celebrate the goal that's how that's how little they feared us they were like oh we can just we can celebrate an equalizer with 30 minutes left to play and take a yellow, uh, you know, so whatever. Uh, and and then it was just w- wide open spaces in the wings. This guy, uh, Gomez, just was doing whatever he wanted out there. Nice cross in Anderson Julio and yeah. then Saverino for the tap in. And it was, it was just, it was too easy. And then, and then, then, and if I think there was a, like a cutaway, like after it was between, it was in somewhere in this six minute of death sequence here hmm. where, they showed a cutaway to Latanzio and he was like on the bench and he was just like sort of like staring into his like notepads and papers with assistants and stuff like that. And just like kind of like trying to figure out what's going on and, and figure out the subs. And they I think I almost feel like he decided on these subs when it was two one. And then he just like stuck with them for whatever reason when the third <coughs> goal was scored, because I didn't think, you know, it was kind of like he was trying to react to the two one a little bit and and. They they packed that third one in so quickly that it was just like we were done. So, and I guess Carol was tired. So, Carol's tired. I mean, it's it's an interesting substitution pattern. It sucks that the that, that six minutes even to look at it, Danny. Mm-hmm. It's just just to see it there. It's do like, we have to? You know, I mean, <laughs> it's brutal. Jones, uh, Heggy. I mean, Hegart. Okay, I like Hegart. I'm a Hegart fan. I'm a Hegart stan. Even you could even say I think I like Hegart more than the average bear. But, like, why do we have Nuno Santos on the team if he's not the guy to come in that spot? You know, like, uh, it, that's what I don't get. Like, I think Hagart played well. Bridget says Hagart didn't do bad guys, and I agree with her. But, like, why is Nuno Santos not the guy to come in in that spot? I don't understand, like, what uh, Laddie Daddy is thinking, in ter- if it's, like, quality or, or what. But, like... Uh, or like you know, new, uh, Latenzio likes to have his sort of like uh, uh, he thinks like certain guys just have like certain like special skills that only make them like really good in certain spots. Well, let me right? let me dumb it down. Let me dumb it dumb down. Dumb me down for me, please. He took off three goal scorers to put on one. <laughs> Thank you. Beyond just the specifics, just the macro of that is horrible. You're right. You know, it's like it's like let's take off Vargas, let's take off Swiderski. And let's take off Bender and let's right. put on Jones and Haggard, who are not goal scorers, right? They're just not. Mm-hmm. And let's put on Shinyashiki, who can score goals. So, right, we have got three goal scorers there that come off the pitch. Mm-hmm. We've got, and we've got one sco- goal scorer that goes on the right. pitch. And it's, 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 mo- it's moments like that <laughs> when you're down three to one, where you go, I mean, is this team not fit to play 90 minutes? Because if, if this team is not right. fit to play 90 minutes, then we, we're in big, big trouble. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, the full 90, we need attackers going the full 90, not not center backs, you know. And so I, I totally agree with that. I, I want to get into this. This is like, I don't want to compare apples to oranges here. So hit me in the comments if you think I'm totally ridiculous on this. And John, you can tell me also, obviously. But I think it really chaps me when I looked up, because Denny Buanga, this uh, French uh, league guy who came over for LAFC, he, they signed him as a DP last year. He had a hat trick last night against Austin. He famously, a couple weeks ago, like flew in from Turkey on a 15-hour flight, subbed into a tied match like in the last 20 minutes and scored the game winner. Uh, so like he's really he's like an early MVP candidate for MLS, right? And so I know that he's like he's a little bit of a higher level player than Nuno Santos, but I knew that they were both summer transfers last year. So I looked it up and Charlotte FC signed Nuno on August 4th last summer. And LAFC signed Buanga on August 5th. So it's like, man, we we could have had Buanga. We could have like gone and, and like really like made a push and gone to get a use our D- this would have meant that we don't have Enzo Capetti this year because we would have had to use a DP slot. And you know, it would have been a lot more expensive of an outlay than signing Nuno Santos and and Nathan Byrne uh as as our midsummer signings or whatnot and Melanda. But uh it just like illustrates again, I might be comparing apples to oranges there, but it really illustrates to me like like the the lack of ambition and just like a guy who was a game changing a guy who can come in here and be a total game changer a Carlos Heel type this Denny Bowanga who's like an early MVP candidate like I said he's outshining Carlos Vela on LAFC their title uh, they look favorites to win another title this year definitely so like why are we going out and signing guys you know just that are pure potential and then not even playing them in a desperate spot when we need goals on the road when there's other guys out there that we could have gone to get to show a little bit more of a statement of intent and go, you know, why didn't we fill our DP slot last summer with a guy who's now an MVP candidate is what I'm trying to ask. that joy look at the joy man just look at that joy and it's like uh again we didn't go do that and it's it's pointless to argue a hypothetical obviously at this point especially when it's a year later but it's 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 these moves these little things that start to add up and it's like you start to wonder about your faith in the club like my faith in the club i would almost say used to be unshakable and i've you know i've praised zorn on the show i've praised the scouting team on the show um, I've met Thomas and had a beer with him at the crown legacy. So I'm not like, I'm not denigrating all these guys efforts, but it's like, we have more money than God uh, in this league with David Tepper uh, at the purse strings. I mean, he won't even spring for real grass, but he should be able to spring for some players. You think, I don't know, man. It's just, it just like, we could be, we could be in such a much better spot. And, and when we start the season so underwhelming like this, I'm just like, man, it's the season's not over. It's 20% of the way done. There's an extra playoff spot this year. We have time to write the ship. But we the problem was that this match was where was supposed to be the beginning of writing the ship. And instead, we sunk even lower. And that's a real problem because uh, I'll go back to what I said. I know I got called out for it at the start of the episode, rightly so. But Salt Lake is trash. They're, you know, they're trash. They'd lost four in a row. They had they had three goals all season, and then they put three up on us. It's just like, I mean, come on. Kyle chimes in. He says, remember when the front office wanted us to play uh, attractive attacking soccer under MAR? And I'm glad MAR's name came up on the show tonight. Uh, seems like a long, long time <laughs> okay. ago. The, the long, ghost of MAR will live with this club. Yeah. time ago. 
I can still remember yeah. how MAR used to make us smile. Uh. <laughs> I was staring up at the board after that first win. You remember that? That was great. They go on the greatest ML gifts of all time. It, it truly is. It was if yeah. there's a gift that represents my um one of my favorite moments of year mm-hmm. one was definitely that. Definitely that. And um, you know, it's it's a it's a great, great comment. And I, th- I think the reason why is because you know, MIR is somebody that um, knew how to set up a defense, right? Like he was like almost annoyingly uh, willing to set up a defense. And, mm-hmm. you know, Jorge asks, uh, you think we should be looking at Zorin? And, uh, you know, that not not just yet. I, I think um, we, we've got issues on the back line. Carujo's out. Colleen is out. Um, let's get both those players back and see what kind of side we can be. Um, and wasn't yeah, we, wasn't we bring Copetti. up Buanga and it's like wasn't Copetti supposed to be our game changer? What do you stand on Copetti? I know you you've been big on saying he's like our most talented player, and I'm sure you still believe that. But right now he's not getting the impact. It's got to be. Let's can we get back to the four four two? Like that will unlock Copetti too. Like we're not getting the most out of our DPS because we're playing them so like apart from each other on the pitch. This is how I feel about Copetti. Post the pictures. We'll post some pictures from EPR. Jorge Torres hooked me up right before we started uh, doing this stream, so I will get those on on the Twitter for sure. Uh, Capetti had a bad game. Capetti had a bad. He had a bad game. game. Yeah, exactly. there's there's no doubt about it. Uh, My friend my... Jared Jackson is trolling us here with the uh, Charlotte or Montreal loser relegated league MX. The problem is Liga MX is supposedly a better league. Is that a promotion? Yeah, I was gonna say. Like, yeah. Would, yeah, would that be a promotion? Um, it's Kyle's it, not liking Copetti's attitude. Well, I don't know. Okay, let me just. He chime. finally didn't have a yellow card. Let me chime. In. Yeah, that's true. He, he, that's true. Let me chime in on the Capetti thing real quick. Uh, chime. Uh, I, I think that you're. If you were listening to the show, you know, I think that he's one of the best players in the squad. But Saturday night against RSL, he was non-existent. It was a very, very poor performance. And um, I don't even need to look at the rating to know how poor performance. Yeah, his rating was bad. I want to see the stats. Look at the one heat shot map. on target, one off target. There's just nothing. Sixty percent of his passes, one cross. Lost the ball twenty-one times on forty-two touches. That's so he's losing the. He's he's, he's basically giving every time you pass it to him, you got a fifty-fifty shot that the ball goes back to the opponent. That's a bad game for sure. But again, look at Ladden Fire. Hard to judge Enzo at this point. He gets no opportunities. Well, he's never going to get opportunities if, they, if he plays as a lone striker. Yeah, that's the truth. And the reason why I say that is because you've got someone like Carol Sudorski who um, could easily play up top with him. The, the, the Carol right. goal? The Carol goal, dude. Right. How, how sweet was the Carol goal? Carol goal, how sweet it was. I mean, I mean, tell me tell me about that left-footed strike. Dude. Well, the, I want to talk about the whole goal. It was absolutely insane because Milanda takes possession in our own defensive box, kicks it out to Vargas. Vargas sees a long pass ahead and sends it like up to the half. He's like far back, but he sends it up to the halfway line. And Copetti heads it forward, a headed Copetti pass that eventually led to like Bender in wide open space down the left wing, tons of time. Look, gets his head up, looks and sees the defense starting to set, but he sees Carroll coming in behind the play, cuts it across to Carroll. Carroll's with a quick fake shot, move it over around one defender, and then just like dead ball, just like you could see McMath like saw it, and he's like, oh, I'll be able to save this. Oh, shoot, it's past me. Like it was it was like that kind of like 
shot that doesn't look like it's traveling very fast, but it's actually like a rocket and it's by you before you know it. And it was, it was like upper 90. It was like exactly what we expect Carroll to do with that left foot. Again, playing centrally in the, you know, at the top of the box, sliding over into an open space and firing in the top corner. That's like why we have Swiderski on the damn team. So I don't know, man. Like we need more of that. We need him and Copetti working together. Bender is playing great. Bender is like actually like saving his career right now. We really love everything I'm seeing from him. Just need to see more. Like we should have had more goals. Like, like we should have never been content with a one Oh lead. We started playing defensive uh, and, and then, but then once it became one, one, we should have gone like ultra defensive. We should have put in like, it should have been subbed at one. If you didn't sub at halftime, which if the team was tired and lacking energy, you know, they, at the times it was like in practice all week, they, they made me think they had the energy, but then they didn't have the energy when we went out to play. So I don't know what went wrong. I mean, no, I mean, this, this looked like a lot of energy to me. And I think the fact that Carol Sodorski, the reason why I asked you about him was because I, I thought he had a phenomenal first half performance. And if it wasn't for him, um, this team would be, would have been in bad, bad shape. It wouldn't even have come close to scoring a goal. Mm -hmm. And that's a fantastic strike. Karol Sridersky showing all his international pedigree there. The pole pounces and Charlotte cash in here in Salt Lake. Oh my, and this is this is down to a lot of work from Ben Bender working down that flank, gets the ball to Karol Svidersky at the top of the 18. And he still has a lot of work to do himself, as you can see. He does the fake, has the defenders, has two defenders bite. There's one, two, both of them overcommit and finds that minuscule bit of space to sneak that ball into the near what a finish what a finish. there's just no one there's no one in the history of this club which we can say since it's such a young club there's literally no one in the history of this club who's had as many individual moments of brilliance like that i'm obviously thinking about the the reverse spin dribble against chicago last year i'm obviously thinking about the back heeled pass on the run to set up bronico's goal last year and i'm obviously thinking about that play that we just watched right there uh any carol haters like Get out! You, you, you and Latanzio can go down to Charlotte Transit Center and, and on the next bus out of town because I, I'm sick and tired of people hating on Svidersky. The guy's a baller, and we need to be maximizing and unlocking his talent. Shout out Alex Ventura, everybody's buddy. He says, Kyle, we have this talent in this club. Uh, the manager's not putting out the best lineup. I tend to agree that the best lineup's hard to find. It's not really the lineup; it's the system, as we've been discussing. Uh, Kyle's wondering, do we? Kyle, it's Kyle eighty-seven. Do we bring someone in before the window closes? Ride that we we've got. Hope it starts to gel. Well, Dan, I, I Danny, I, I just want to do one more thing for the Carol haters out there. And that's a fantastic strike. Carol Sridersky showing all his international pedigree there. All the international pedigree. Yeah, the, the pole pounces. What a great call from Adrian Healy. <laughs> Healy and Kobe Jones, great commentary team. That it was nice that we I think that's pretty much the 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 secondary team behind uh Twelman squad there, maybe third behind Max Bredos. But uh yeah, uh the pole pounces, he's he's a great goal scorer. We love Svidersky. And, so so uh, how do you feel about him um when you think about what Charlotte FC could play as far as a tactical formation? I think 
it's all pretty much summed up by this picture right here. <laughs> <laughs> the four four two baby. Roy Kent for Charlotte FC coach. Someone commented earlier, and I, yeah. I tend to agree. Like, dumb it down. You know, it's like it, sometimes people take the phrase "dumb it down" and, and they think it's like a big insult. In this case, we're not we're not really trying to insult here. We're just dumb it down, Latanzio, and uh, you know, like do the simple thing that works instead of like play the four four two. Yeah, play. Just do four, it. Two. Just uh, I appreciate. I appreciate everybody that's uh, hanging out with us uh, live on Sunday night. It's great to have you here. I think this is the the third or fourth week that we've done this, and I think it's been really fun. Um, and we're we're going to continue to do that. I appreciate everyone who's listening to us uh, to to the uh, on the podcast feed, like they have uh, for for most of our um, time here. And I think Sean, I was <laughs> I was waiting for this. I saw this comment earlier. I was hoping you would bring it up. Uh, the t- the team needs a bonding experience trip to the sewers. Um, yeah, you you know the sewers are super key. If you think about the way London works mm-hmm. and how the city can function. Uh, the sewers, major right. part of that. And those are some old ass sewers too. Those things, those things got some history, no doubt. The city beneath the city, as as it were. It's amazing how many major cities in the world have have their history buried underground for sure. Uh, I just want to say, uh, here's what I'm my, my pledge to the to the tifos, to the listeners, to the it, maybe you're not a tifo, but you're tifo curious, and you want you want to know <laughs> what it's like to to be in. Uh, it's a free club. All you got to do to join is proclaim it. So uh, uh, anyone anyone is welcome as long as you uh, enjoy the show and uh, pump our egos by uh, telling us how awesome we are. And then we will, in turn, buy you beer at the watch party. So make sure you show up to EPR on Saturdays for sure. Uh, I just want to say to Lab and Fire, I think this is a new commenter, like I said, but he showed up. Yeah, he made his presence felt on this live stream. He's given me love at the end of the episode, but he did call me out at the beginning of the episode, if you weren't here, that every time I say our few, our next opponent is trash and we're going to win easy, admittedly, I was extremely – I was double tipsy last episode when I said that. But every time that I do that, it turns out to not be the case and we, look, we get embarrassed. So as bad as Colorado has been, they're coming off of a win. I'm not going to say anything bad about Colorado this upcoming week in our preview episode. I'm going to be very deferential – I'm going to focus on what we need to do. Not a fan. And, uh, scout, we can do some scouting report for the opponent, but I'm not going to necessarily get into the, my feelings on their trashness. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of that uh, mindset whatsoever. I think uh, Colorado sucks. And <laughs> if, see, that's how we can sp- see if you trash them, then it'll be okay. You know, if I trash them, then it's a problem. I, I think if uh, Colorado comes into um, the fortress and they take down. Um, three points man that'll be like that'll that'll turn into like a real latancio out episode even though y'all try to fake it tonight like <laughs> i know i couldn't commit i couldn't commit i don't know maybe maybe the the laddie daddy fans talked me out of it I, you know like i've i was ready to come here my my take was you remember how last year we did the the murder mystery episode when we failed uh, fell out of the playoff convention yeah. and we were like, oh, that, the case is still open. Yeah, and I, I, and we we fingered Latanzio for killing the playoff dream by do, experimenting too much with the lineups. Well, yeah. the the killer is still at large, so so uh, you know the case is still being worked on. Detectives are getting new evidence in the crime lab all the time, and we are uh, 
building something to take to the grand jury for sure. And uh, wh- who knows if there'll be an indictment, but uh, the wheels of justice turn slowly, but they do turn. So. Oh man. It's like, we gotta, we gotta get Jimmy McNulty on the case. Yeah. Yes. Uh, thank you. Because so, yeah. there's no doubt that the, the uh, Latanzio is still at large. Um, mm-hmm. Listen, I've got um, nothing but high hopes for, for this club and nothing but high hopes um, for the future of it, especially with Christian Latanzio's manager, right? Uh, Saturday comes around against Colorado, you get three points and and you move on and you you keep going and you keep going. But um, giving up three goals in a six minute span, getting substitutions wrong back to back weeks. uh, It's, it's obviously not a good place to be. And it seems like uh, it's pretty clear that um, the, the fan base, two years in a row has, has wanted a manager out. Mm-hmm. They are got the sack last year. Uh, will, will Christian Latanzio get the sack this year? That's, that's to be determined, but uh, it's something that could at this point become a, a real conversation. And, and, and if that, and, and I just want to um, highlight the fact that anytime that conversation comes up, you ask, well, who could potentially step in and be the manager? And we've got our guy. Roy Kent. Roy Kent for Charlotte FC. It's the only move. The only move left. It's the only card we have left to play in the deck at this point. So we've we've got a guy. guy. Danny, it's been a pleasure tonight doing the show tonight. Um mm-hmm. thanks everybody for hanging out. I wasn't even drinking. I was drinking water. That's how, Me too. That's how, that's how pissed off I am. Yeah, that's it was it was an important show to have. Mm-hmm. And I think um we'll be back later this week. Uh, we've 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 got a we've, we've got a big show coming up this weekend um, at the Keep. We're going to be there as well. Um, so we've got a, we've got a home uh, a home matchup weekend. Make sure you do us a favor. Uh, do us a favor and follow us at For the Crown Baby. You can find us on YouTube at Charlotte Soccer Show, um, where. Brandon Davis is always chatting with us. Appreciate you. He's here. He's there. He's every fucking where. Brawny. Brawny. We didn't even get to the Brawny discussion. Oh, my. We could have. Oh, my gosh. That might be a Patreon episode about uh, the true feelings of where we stand with Brawny. But too many other things went wrong, unfortunately. It's not necessarily his fault. Uh, it's, it's been a pleasure. I appreciate you, Danny. Um, and as always, for the crown, baby.